Hey, pilot wife and aviation professional. On today's show, I'm going to be talking to guest expert Jill Monjean, who runs a fabulous pilot nutritional program. We're going to get into aviation health, wellness, fitness, and give you some great tools and resources to take care of your pilot's health, your health, your family's health, and really create functionality and longevity for life. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your best life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and can't imagine any other lifestyle. On the show, you'll hear stories, experiences, tips, advice, interviews with other pilot wives, pilots, aviation professionals, non-revving and travel experts also on this journey. Yes, it's a mixed bag of goods, but what life isn't? I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion, a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife Survival Guide and Checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife life. Welcome to the show, everyone. As I mentioned, I have a nutrition expert and an expert in the aviation world of nutrition. Uh, Jill Monjean, she's a 16-year pilot wife and a registered dietitian and licensed nutritionist, and she runs a virtual practice, which is so fun, True Course Nutrition, where she coaches pilots, spouses, and air crew through health concerns, and she helps them achieve and sustain positive outcomes with little disruption in their careers. And we're doing some fun things together too. So Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. (laughs) So fun to have you here and so fun to talk about this topic that you and I have been talking about for a long, long time. And so it's kind of cool to bring it out into the podcast because I think it's a topic that fits everyone, whether it's a pilot, um, an aviator of any type, you and I have talked about flight control, uh, you know, yeah, flight control, um, is that right? Air traffic control, Air traffic control. Um, flight attendants, as well as certainly pilot wives, pilot families, anybody in the aviation world, anybody really and truly, but really maintaining your health, becoming a peak performer, doing all those things that uh, give us that long, sustainable life. So tell us a little bit about you and your background. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I am originally from Detroit, Michigan. I grew up in the automotive industry. I moved to Tennessee in 1989, when my dad and my brother relocated to help build the Saturn plant. Love Nashville. That's our connection. It's really cool that we've always had that connection, but you left and I arrived and we missed each other. Um, So I lived in Nashville for over 20 years. My background is in tax accounting and endurance running. I'm an Ironman triathlete and 17 marathon finisher, Boston qualifier, you name it. I've done it. Owned a fleet feet store, love endurance sports. Um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Okay. So, um, and it's kind of you in a nutshell with a big piece missing. So I'm going to, I'm going to help you fill on that piece. Sure. So how'd you meet your pilot husband? Oh, oh, it's such a story. You know, I thought about it this morning and it was like, what, well, what should I share? And I'm going to share the, the real details. So it's a second, second marriage for me. Um, I married very young the first time. The second time I was looking for that ideal person to join into my life. So I met my husband 
in a very unique way. When I owned a running store, he was actually a customer and I was very mesmerized with him, but nothing ever happened then. Fast forward three years, we're on, um, uh, what is it, uh, eHarmony. We were on the dating website and I said, oh gosh, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Who showed up? <laughs> An airline pilot. An airline pilot. So as soon as he told me his name, I already knew that I had met him. I, I could remember what he was wearing when he was sitting in my store, how he interacted with me. And I was already basically in love with him. So within about two weeks from that time of when we met on the internet, um, we had our first date and we basically were both speechless. And that is the rest of my story. It's pretty incredible. That is funny. So I, ha I, ha I want to backtrack on that, but I want to share something funny. Yeah. And today as we're recording this, this is my 35th anniversary of my first date with my husband. And I was laughing because like you, we were chatting about it this morning and laughing. And I said, you know, I can still remember what I was wearing. And interestingly, I was wearing royal blue. So it's kind of funny. I didn't even think about that when I got dressed, but it's interesting. Um, anyway, all that funny stuff. So you said you were mesmerized by him when you first met him. What was mesmerizing? And what's your, why do you think it didn't go anywhere then? Yeah. Well, we were both married to other people at that oh, time. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And yeah. And, and I never quite honestly, I never really considered getting married again a after my first marriage, it was 14 years. So I thought, you know, I just want to have a best friend. That's what I'm looking for as a best friend. And that's why I was so mesmerized by him because I could see his qualities. Like he was very calm, very approachable, you know, just kind of sat there and went with the flow type of person. Um, and from, you know, his, his wife that was in there at the time, um, she was a runner. So I knew of their family. I knew of their children. I knew of their lifestyle. Um, they had a really just an amazing story together. Unfortunately, they didn't end up staying together, but, um, I, you know, you tell a lot about, um, you can tell a lot about a, pe a person if they're an endurance athlete, how they, their mannerisms and such. And that's just what I gathered, you know, in that hour or so that he was in my store. Yeah. Okay. So then you meet on the internet, you go on your first date, you start dating. You're still in accounting. I'm assuming I was still, uh, let's see. Yeah. That's a tangled mess. So we went on our first oh, date. We love yeah. tangled messes. <laughs> I, um, I was still, I still owned the running store when right. we started dating. Um, however, Nashville was getting ready to start booming. That was 2005, 2004, 2005, 2006. I saw that quickly approaching. I was pretty overwhelmed. I had 22 employees and I was a single single female business owner. Um, I met my pilot and I was like, oh my goodness, he's 10 years older than me. He's an airline pilot. He lives an hour from me. He has two small children. I'm not good with kids at all. Never had any. And I thought, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this, but it, you know, I thought about that. He tricked me. He said, I'll be the best e-ticket story of your life. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, you know, I thought about we had everything in common, running in common. We would run together. We did races together. We did everything together. So it was, you know, it was basically like my best friend right there that I had found just like picked out of the Internet. Very mm -hmm. good. OK, so um, accounting to running yeah, store and ultimately to dietitian nutritionist and what you're doing now so i and i know that there's a story in that too so share the story of your pilot and everything that happened that led you down that path 
Yeah. Yeah. So in 2006, I sold my store. I saw that it was becoming um, very hard to continue to operate. I didn't want to have all those employees and wanted to have freedom because I was getting ready to marry a pilot, wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do. So sold my store, went back to accounting. I continued to travel. He continued to travel. I noticed, I noticed, uh, even I, I noticed actually when I first met him that there was something, there was something more there that I just couldn't tell. And it was like, he had this cough and he had this gurgle and he just seemed like he really needed somebody to take care of him. So I was like, Hmm, what's going on? I never really acted on it. Um, it didn't happen until, you know, he started having health problems. Funniest story ever is he missed one of our first phone calls before we were supposed to have our first date. And he said that, Oh, I can't, I can't talk on the phone. I'm like, we've all heard that before read those books. So he ended up diverting. He choked on a, um, tine from the plastic fork of eating a salad and ended up in the emergency room in Chicago. So that was one. So what I'm getting at was he was, he always had a sickness. There was always something going on with his health and big picture really didn't come to fruition until 2015 when he came home with this repeated rash. His nose was red. He had these crazy rashes all over his body. He was coughing and like clearing his throat all the time. Well, Finally, my friend who's a dietitian in Nashville for the predators for the NHL team, she said, you already know, why are you even asking me? He's got celiac disease. My husband's um, father at age 53 died from stage four colon cancer. If you have celiac disease, it runs in your family. I was like, I don't know why I didn't ever think about that. I was a tax accountant though. How would I, how was I supposed to know? So we had him tested three times. Sure enough, he had full-blown celiac disease. He kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Fast forward, uh, 2020 was the next real impact. He came home from a Paris flight January 3rd and said, I'm having trouble seeing out of my eye. There's something going on with my left eye. Retina detachment. Retina detached due to high blood pressure, pre-diabetic, past celiac disease. Well, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about people. That's not what this is about. But um, for three years, his buddy, his aviation medical examiner in Nashville kept saying, your blood pressure is a little high. Your blood pressure is a little high. Nobody ever did anything about it. Well, I missed one point in here. So in 2015, when my husband got celiac disease, I decided like, if he's this sick already, I better do something about it. So I, I went in on March 15th, filed the last tax return for tractor supply company that I was working for. And I said, take this job and shove it. I'm going to do what I want to do. So I became a dietitian. So from 2015 to um, 2020, I was working all of my husband's nutrition in the background, trying to get him healthy. And I thought I had done a good job, but apparently I hadn't done everything I needed to do because I never fixed his blood pressure. And that's what ultimately led to him losing his eyesight and his license in 2020. So pandemic, losing license. I was working in cardiac care at the hospital. I was seeing patients that would come in sometimes four times heart attacks, like heart attack after heart attack after heart attack. And, you know, before you and I got on this call, we talked about things that come up in our life that keep presenting themselves. So all of my husband's sicknesses kept presenting themselves ever since I ever first met him. I knew that there was something wrong with them, but I didn't know for sure what it was. Then when I think back, 
I went to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University for dietetic school. My I went there too, way back in the day. We're meant to be. <laughs> so blue. Anyway. So my brother went there also. So my brother spent a long-term career. He was a, he was like 11, 12 year student there, but he roomed with all the airline pilots. You know, it's an aviation school. We just talked about this last week. And so that was where, you know, and I'm, I'm a religious person too. So I was like, God was putting that in my path. I just didn't, I didn't pay attention to it. If I had been 20 years old and paid attention to all these airline pilots living with my brother over 11 year period of time, who knows where I would be today, but it took my husband to finally get sick to get me to there. So April 1st, 2020, we're in the pandemic sitting on the couch. My husband's not working. I'm not working. We're like, holy crap, what are we going to do? I decided to be a 53 year old and start an Instagram account. And my husband said, good luck. That ain't never happening. Those people, they are not going to trust you and hire you. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. That's the worst thing you can ever say to me because I'm going to run over you now. <laughs> so, so I started an Instagram account and I called myself pilot nutritionist because I've been living with a pilot for 16 years. I've been working on his health. I got his blood pressure turned around. He's back to work now. He's on the triple seven. He's doing fabulous. And I work with all of these other airline pilots and spouses. And it's amazing. I get to change lives every single day. It's amazing. I love that. It's so good. And you know, I mean, it's kind of funny. I always, you know, timing's everything. It's like, even me starting this podcast, it's like, how is this whole, I mean, I've been in aviation myself personally for 35 years, myself first, then marrying a pilot. And it's been a part of my life forever. And it's like, well, I never, I mean, I have a business podcast that I've had since 2013, Mm -hmm. never thought about this, but I'm having the time of my life. And it's like, you know what? I could look back and go, why didn't I start this sooner? Whatever. It was timing. It was a God thing. It was meant to be when it was meant to be. So that's a big part of it. Right. So, okay. First of all, um, we do have a face group, Facebook group that Jill and I facilitate together. You can just go type in aviation fitness and you'll find us. I want to make sure that you know that it will be in the show notes and we've got some fun stuff planned. Um, but this is going to be part one, even if you will, of an ongoing series, because obviously health, wellness, nutrition, fitness, whatever you want to call it, there's so many ways that we can go with this. And so we're going to have fun. We hope you have fun too. So if we don't get your question answered on this show, know that it's coming and there'll be future shows. So I, I did pose out there to the listen, the current listeners, you know, what are some of your questions? And again, if I don't, if we don't get to yours on this one, we will on a future show. But the first thing I want to start with, which I know is really broad, but if you were just going to hone it into three key tips because a confused mind says no. And that's one of the things I think that derails people from the beginning. And I think that's one of the things that derails people. And this is launching, you know, this is live in December, January 1st is coming. We know what happens January 1st with, you know, resolutions and health and wellness are probably at the top and weight loss and all of that. But I think what derails people quicker than anything is the overwhelm and the confusion of, you know, you've got to completely clean out your pantry and then you've got to start down this food regimen and going to prep this and do that. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I don't have, I'm not already not eating well because I feel like I don't have time. How am I going to do this? So I want to make this as simplified, but effective as I can. So what are three key tips that you would start with for the pilot staying healthy? Let's start with that because 
it's kind of the same. Like if, if the pilot stays healthy, using these same concepts, it becomes a family thing. Hey, Aviator, the Pilot Wife podcast is brought to you by peakperformanceforlife.com, the app that helps you create a vision for your life and the action steps to set, track, and achieve your goals in the seven key areas of life, which are faith, family, field, finance, fitness, friends, and fun. Learn more at peakperformanceforlife.com and welcome peace, joy, and harmony in your successful life. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's amazing that the folks that I work with and um, the changes that they see with the, just a simple tips. I'm a very simple person. I don't like to muck up anything and have a ton of details. I can't remember all that stuff. So I always start out with fluid, you know, your body's 70% water, drink your water every day, drink as much as you can stay hydrated, eyes, lungs, bones, blood, everything. It needs, it just needs fluid skin, beautiful skin. We, we just need fluid. And that that's the one thing, anyone that comes to me, especially the blood blood pressure folks. Um, I was telling a story this morning. I lowered someone's blood pressure from uh, about 160 down to 124 within the first two weeks because they were just dehydrated. Yeah. So just drink, keep drinking. All right. So water is key tip. Number one, stay hydrated. Number two is, um, I'm going to say fiber because so fiber is a zero calorie carbohydrate. And we know that like people are, Oh, I hate carbohydrates, but fiber is a zero calorie carbohydrate. And it's in all of your fruits and vegetables and all of your whole grains. So think about rices and pastas and quinoa. If you get fiber in, you're never going to have a problem. You're going to, and I, I talk about everything not going to be constipated. You're not going to have diarrhea. You're not going to have acid reflux. You're not going to have, you know, a lot of disease states that people get diabetes or heart disease. Fiber is the most amazing thing. Like we should just talk about it. I, my friend and I came up with a saying, it's kind of dorky, but we call it, we, we say fixate on fiber. If you just fixate on fiber, then everything's golden in life. You'll be perfect. Um, the last thing is fat content. So what I see now, especially for airline pilots is, you know, they do have to live off of fast food and it's unfortunate that the airports don't exactly have the best situations still at this point. Um, so I like to watch fat content. I think that's really important. Um, trying to get as much plant-based fats. So think about avocados, oils, olives, nuts, and seeds, and then try to stay away from all of those animal products. And it's really easy just to think about if I'm, if I'm looking at, you know, a steak on my counter, uh, what happens if I leave it out and it's cold, that fat turns hard. That's what's going to happen in your body too. And then you're going to have a different story to tell later if you take in too much of that. So plants just stick to plants for fat-based and you'll be all set. That's great. Okay. So we, we have fluids. So we basically have the three F's and you know, me and my <laughs> F is perfect, right? <laughs> fluids, stay hydrated, um, fiber, fixate mm-hmm. on fiber and then fats. And so those are the three biggest tips. And I already see, uh, two shows for sure coming out of that one on, cause we talked about fiber and we talked about carbohydrates, which 
like carb is like a bad four letter word these days, right? A carb. And, and I think what I would love to see more than anything, but nobody asked me is to have, I, I would love to see them separate out simple carbs, processed food carbs, which are the bad boys for the mm -hmm. most part yeah. and complex carbs, which are the good ones. I wish they just recategorize one of them. Honestly, I wish they'd recategorize the good stuff into a different name so that we could ups, uh, rebalance that thought process of, you know, no carbs, carbs are bad. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, um, I think carb, I mean, there are good carbs and bad carbs. I think mostly though, if people just looked at portion sizes more than anything, they wouldn't be so bad for you. I think it's a situation of, and you know, this is like a whole another show also is the whole stigma. Carbohydrates give you dopamine and serotonin. Think about airline pilots being alone all the time. They're using carbohydrates to cope with those emotional situations where they're alone and just need some comfort. So yeah, I don't really think there are any bad carbs. I think it's bad portioning more than anything, but I do when I work with pilots, I do break out simple, complex process because there's so much to know and it's so confusing. Google just messes you up so bad. <laughs> it does mess you up. And I think that's where the, the, the challenge lies is that when we hear carb and we think against them, we're thinking of it in terms of like, you know, cookies and chips and, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff that are the simple carbs and the processed carbs. So again, those are, those are totally different shows. And then I think the fat part of it too, because I know, and we've chatted about this within, you know, our online communities and stuff, mm -hmm. and especially as women, most of us, even regardless of age, sadly, have been conditioned to think that fat is bad. Fat is bad and low fat is everything. And we are, I posted this yesterday, but we are, you know, starving ourselves fatter. We think we're we, we think our goal is to starve ourselves thin, which is bad thinking, but really what we're doing is starving ourselves fatter and, and your body does need that fat for skin and, you know, and, and brain food and just so many different things like that. And I love what you brought up with the avocados and nuts and, and things like that, that are simple, really, and truly to pack and take with you. Um, so, and, and we're going to do a whole show on packable food and, and doing all of that but those are really some key things that anybody can have to have on hand at the house so that when you're reaching for a snack instead of reaching in the chip bag or for some cookies or something that's going to give you that dopamine hit and that immediate satiation and satisfying mm -hmm. you but you're going to hit that drop too whereas if you can put something in that tastes good olives i love all that so oh, that's, that's mm -hmm. definitely great stuff yeah. um okay so um what do let's kind of go back to what we can do at home what pilot wives and families can do at home to make sure that at least at the home front because you already mentioned it's hard on the road they've got fast food now with the pandemic options are even more limited timings limited they're so restrictive so what can we do at home to really help facilitate at least in those three to four days that they're at home or five days, depending on how they break their schedule up, that they're feeling well. Yeah, um, I think so. The the plan that I implement in my own home is I like to I like to look at my pilot's schedule. You know, if if your pilot will share his or her schedule with you, 
I think that's really important. And then together, you know, even though we don't have kids, we still put together a plan for our home because, you know, my husband's in the last stage of his career. So he's flying um, overnight international trips, which with celiac disease is extremely hard. He can't eat crew meals. So we come up with a weekly plan. We look at a schedule ahead of time. We have a whiteboard on, on our refrigerator. I'll write down his schedule. And during those days leading up to his own leaving town, we plan everything around that. So I think, you know, when you become a pilot's wife, spouse, significant other, whatever, you kind of have to make that commitment to, um, to be the wingman or wingwoman. So I did that early on, you know, I was always supportive of what can I pack for him? How can I help him, um, do everything possible to make sure, because, you know, if you're not sustaining health, then you're eventually going to end up alone. And that's not a good thing either. So, so we do a lot of meal planning around his schedule, figuring out cold food items that will stay okay for him to eat that are appetizing and then warm items that he can warm up in, in his hotel. Um, I don't keep a lot of snacky, you know, things that we probably shouldn't eat for his blood pressure situation. Uh, we don't keep in the house. So what would that mean? Um, since my husband can't have a lot of, uh, well, he can't, there's not a lot of good fiber. He's not a really a vet fruit and vegetable eater. So I know that he's a snacker though. So what kind of snacks, like I'll get bags of popcorn because popcorn has a ton of fiber and there's lots of different flavors. So that will feed that habit of him wanting to sit in front of the TV and snacking rather than having potato chips. Um, he's a chocoholic, like he could live on chocolate like 24 seven, but that's gonna cause him some blockage with sugar or diabetes or something one day. So I, I, um, I'll buy, you know, really decadent chocolate, like 80 or 90% dark chocolate because it's got good antioxidants in it. Um, if it's, you know, say he wants an ice cream or something, I do a single serving ice cream. I don't buy a half a gallon at home because I know he'll sit and eat the whole half gallon. So we put blocks in, we don't have food rules, but we have portion containment. And I think that's the way, you know, if your pilot is on a teetering of some health issues, that's the first thing you can do is put portion sizing in. Everyone can always work on their portion sizing. And then one thing that I talk about with all families for pilots is thinking about what are you doing that your kids are watching? Because I don't know about you, but I grew up in a home where my mom was constantly dieting. And when I was 24 years old, I had a really bad eating disorder. And it was because I saw my mom doing all these things that she was doing back then. And then I caught all those behaviors. So just always remember if there's little ones scooting under your feet, that they're watching and they're picking up everything that you're doing. So, you know, if you're saying you can't have that cookie, you can't have this, you can't have that, that's going to happen to them later in life. And you definitely don't want them to grow up like that, especially little girls. Little girls are so susceptible with media and body image. So just watch your language and mannerisms when you're around your kiddos. Yeah, that's so true. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's kind of funny. I genetically, I'm predispositioned to be on the slender side. It, it, you know, my whole family is largely that way or smallly that way, whatever you want to call it, knock on yeah. wood. Right. But it's kind of interesting because, um, like so many people, and you know, this, which is why I'm getting my health coaching certification and the rest of it, I've been entrenched and fascinated with fitness and, and eating well. And it's one of my top values is good food, quality food, organic food, all of that. 
Um, but it's interesting because a good friend of mine who happens to be an American flight attendant, just oddly, we, we met not through aviation, but just living in the same neighborhoods and having kids the same age. Um, we did a carpooling thing and my daughter was probably, well, she had to be in middle school, so seventh or eighth grade. But I remember her calling me once and saying, hey, I just want to let you know something. Um, we were driving to school the other day. She was, it was her week for carpool and, and Lexi was saying, um, somebody, somehow it came up like, what does your dad do? What does your mom do? And, and her whole thing at that point, she didn't even say he was a pilot. She's like, oh, he flies around and stays in hotels, you know, something like that. And then, um, what does your mom do? And she's like, well, she studies a lot of diet and fitness books. Oh, and she said, I just want you to know that, which was so funny because I was never doing that from a perspective of losing weight, but I'm always interested in new theories. And that was right when the, um, the South beach diet had come out mm -hmm. and a lot of that type stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I did, I had it, but I was so glad that she raised my awareness of that because again, raising a daughter, it was like, wow, the mm -hmm. last thing I wanted to instill in her was that was my focus, my obsession, and that she should follow that too. And again, it's like you said, Pete, their kids are aware, they're paying attention. That languaging that we use, especially women, oh, I'm fat, oh, I'm overweight, oh, I'm eating like a cow. Like, you know, we, when you really stop and think about those, those things that we say very often that we think are innocent, but it's self-talk to ourselves and our kids are picking up on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, good habits at home. So one of the things that just came to mind when talking about this, and I hear this a lot and you probably do too, and it's different because you and I both love to cook, but what do you say to the person who says, oh, home meals and all that, I hate to cook? It's like 80% of my people. It's really fun. I think that's, I think that's where I get like, I'm so passionate about, you know, I love airline pilots. I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do. So I always meet everybody exactly where they're at. So Normally when they do come to me, they say, oh no, I'm not packing. I'm not buying a bag. I'm not carrying crap around with me. Forget it. And they still want to work with me. So I just, I kind of trick them into it. So I'm letting out all my secrets. <laughs> so I'll take an example. Last week, a person that had blood pressure issues, um, going on a trip, knowing that there's not food, you live in Phoenix, you know, that the workers striked a couple weeks ago. I don't really know what's going on with that yet, but um, I just presented the fact I said, why don't we, why don't we pull up your schedule right now take a look and see where you're going? How's it going? What are you going to do? Tell me what your plan is. Didn't have a plan. And then he was like, I said, well, let, how's your blood pressure? Well, it's awesome. I love it. Okay. Well, how are you going to maintain that on the road? I guess I'm going to bring some food. <laughs> so I, I kind of put the pressure on, you know, like, Okay, you really like these results, right? You really want to keep being a pilot, right? Okay, I guess I'm going to go ahead and pack some stuff. Okay, well, what are you going to pack? It's a little bit of psychology, and I don't have a psychology degree, but I do have a um, someone in psychology that I actually work with within my practice behind the scenes because I don't ever want to go out of the scope of my practice, but I have techniques to pull out what I need to pull out. By the end of three months, almost all my people are packing food. I mean, every, I can go down the list of everyone that's ever started working with me in the last 30 days and they're all packing food now. Yeah. yeah. It's good coaching. That's really what it is. It's like coaching you, you know, the answers within yourself. Typically yeah. you just have to work through that process of, of getting it and understanding it. So you brought up airport food, which is good. Mm -hmm. It leads me into one of the questions that came up and that is, 
how do you plan ahead? Are there apps? Like, how do you plan ahead? How do you know what's going to be open in Phoenix? What's going on in Detroit? How about Dallas? You know, what about Des Moines at 11 o'clock at night when you land? How, what, what's the best way to navigate that? So hard, so hard. So I'm, um, I'm in the busiest part of my season right now because everyone's waited till last minute to decide to get on board and do something. So what I'm busy doing is I'm analyzing schedules and helping them. So that would be that would actually be another great show if you know teach the forces or teach the wives or the pilots or whoever wants to listen. Um, you got to look at your schedule and see like, okay, I'm going to Dallas. I have a I have an hour and a half sit in Dallas. Let's just take the approach that okay, it's American Airlines. You know that the American Airlines terminal has great food, great options, but it's December 10th. Is there, do you really think in an hour and a half, you're going to be able to get food on December 10th in Dallas? No, everyone's traveling right now. There's no way. So you got to have a backup plan. Got to have a backup plan. If you have a, you know, uh, and here's what's happened in Charlotte, Charlotte, um, Charlotte's been running out of food, usually about on Thursday. So think about the whole transportation issue, you know, Amazon shut down this past week for what, two days. The, the places at the airports are not um, getting the shipments that they need. Uh, Bojangles, Lord help us, ran out of chicken fingers on a Thursday night at 7 a.m. It was like, whoa, you know, they're probably going, who knows what they're going to do the airport. I don't know. I, I don't eat Bojangles, but all the pilots do. So you have to have a plan ahead of time. And then like choosing, you know, how do you choose? you look for your best option. You know, there's, there's really not any apps. Um, there, there, they, mm, they say that there are apps. I've tried them. I've had various pilots try them out. They are not reliable at all. So you really have to just rely on yourself. So look at your schedule, have a plan, know where you're going, make sure you have about an hour and a half. If you're going to get food, we all have phones now look and see if you're going to Taco Bell, pick the top five things that you think are the healthiest and then have a plan when you get to the door, what you're going to order. Don't, you know, get up to the menu and go, uh, I don't know what I should have. Have a plan, have a plan get in, get out, get back to your seat, eat your food. Well, and yeah. it's kind of funny. I mean, pilots operate off flight plans and checklists and all like that. Um, but it's, it's factored into what they do. And it's really just reprogramming our thought process to know, look, I got to take care of me right? I got to take care of me. And this is a big part of it in the planning. And I know, and again, especially right now with everything crazy in the world, there's no foolproof plan, period. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. get reassigned, you can get delayed, all of that. But I know forever, my husband always, not always, but regularly called ahead to the hotel. Mm -hmm. Where's a gym nearby? Because he was very into that. Do you have a gym? Is there a gym nearby? So don't be afraid, again, as part of that planning to call ahead. For, this is for layover cities. You can't necessarily control in the airport. But if you know where you're going, you know basically what time you're going to be arriving there and what time you're going to be departing the next morning. Again, you can have a bit of a plan. Do I need to pack to have a snack when I land at 10 o'clock at night or whatever? Or is there anything around? And again, it's not foolproof. The hotel doesn't control everything, especially if it's a restaurant outside of there, because we know with worker shortages and everything going on right now at the end of 21 and beginning of 22, as most people are listening to this, it can change on a dime, but a little planning will give you peace of mind and at least you'll have that backup and you're not going to be so stressed.
Yeah, that's a that's a lot of what I teach. So, um, you know, even last night I was working with someone virtually and we were going through her schedule and, you know, Tampa airport doesn't really have good access. Terminal F, the American Airlines terminal, you have to go to E and out of security in order to get any food. And then she has celiac, so she can't eat potbelly or uh, Panda Express. So she she said, I'm going to be in Dallas the night before. I've got a friend that's got a car. I can call her. She can pick me up. I'll go to the grocery store. I'll get a few things. I'll bring a, I'll bring a bag. So, you know, we, that's what I do with my pilots as I work through, they give me, they trust me a ton. I keep everything secured under password with their schedules so that um, we can plan, you know, and I usually will plan out schedules a month in advance for them. It's pretty tedious work. Um, but I know that it keeps them healthy and keeps them keeps us as passengers healthy too, because they're fed. And I want to make one more comment about that. So anyone that's listening, that's, that is with the airlines, I want you to think about this, that you work, you really work for the federal government and you're, the government kind of is in charge of your body. Your body is your biggest performance tool. So think about you as the airline pilot, flight attendant, air crew, um, that if you don't take care of your own body first, you're not going to be able to keep your job. And that's kind of how the military runs too. You know, the military, and Jackie, you know, you have a military son. So military high performance, treat your body like a high performance tool, like your favorite race car. You'd put the best fuel in it because you want it to go fast. So think about that with your body as well. I think that'll you know, that might trigger some different things to think about, like maybe that fast food that I'm choosing isn't going to take me to triple seven when I'm 63. Well, and it's funny, you know, I mean, one of my favorite uh, words, if you will, or hashtag or whatever you want to call it is slight edge. So Mm -hmm. much of life is about slight edge and it's so small steps that you take every day that ultimately create the biggest impact in your life. It's not necessarily one big thing. That's where like, working out three or four times a week is better than work. You know, 15 to 30 minutes a day is better than one hour on Saturdays and only one hour, you know, it's that slight edge thing. And it's, it's putting in those peak performance habits and doing all of those kind of things. And I think about that with your health. So I always say you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Cause sometimes people say, well, I can't afford good food or fast food so much cheaper or the dollar menu or all of that but you have to factor in that slight edge part of it. You know, nobody, nobody gets 50 pounds overweight overnight. It's the small things that we do or don't do the choices that we make that lead us there. And along with that, I don't even study in that closely, but I remember when he was dying, um, Steve jobs and thinking back, I think he was 49 or 51. Mm -hmm. He was young when he died and all the fame, all the notoriety, all the money, all the stuff in the world ultimately could not save his health. Now, I don't know anything about his dietary habits or any of that, but you know, so many people say, take care of your health because all the wealth in the world won't get that back. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about that in aviation. But then my favorite quote of Steve Jobs is, Mm -hmm. you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. So you have to have faith that at some point they're going to connect. Well, it's the same thing. So you know, day one, you eat something junky or don't do this or don't take care of, you know, what you need to take care of. Ultimately, looking back over your wellness and fitness and weight journey and all the rest of it, you can connect the dots because 
it's either going to work for you or against you. You're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. Mm -hmm. So it is important. I love that. Like your body is, it's your, it's your biggest asset. I mean, your brain obviously, but I, that's part of it. Yeah, I factor body. it all in together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where, you know, so my husband is, um, he's actually retiring on, uh, oh, I can barely say it without my voice quivering still. He's retiring on December 24th and it's bittersweet for us here because I've gotten his, um, mm, <laughs> gotten his FAA medical back now three times over 16 years. So imagine all the work that I've done. And now it's kind of like, I don't have my test subject here. So you guys got to keep me on my game to make sure I'm not going to be meal packing. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I going to do? But he says it, he says it all the time. He grieves over a lot of like, he wished that, you know, when he was in the military, he didn't live, live on cigarettes and snicker bars and cookies all the time. And he would have taken better care. So, you know, if you're 23 or 44, it doesn't really matter. You, you know, you can always start today. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. I mean, you hear those stories of people who smoked forever, you know, most of their life and then they quit. And I mean, you can't totally repair the damage that was done, but quitting now, changing now, shifting habits now is certainly better than not at all. So mm -hmm. yeah, never throw the towel in. Right. Yeah. So another question that came up is meal planning in terms of like macros, like carbs, mm -hmm. protein, fat, which I know again, like mm -hmm. a confused mind says no. Help us break that down simply. This is a this is such a good topic. So everything I do, I try to base it in science. I try not to tell you guys all the gobbledygook of science. So, so the United States has never really studied airline pilots, but the um, Israeli Air Force has in depth over a four year period. And here's here's the science behind macros for airline pilots. Number one, your brain operates on carbohydrates. So if you're not taking at least 130, 150 grams of carbohydrates a day, so that's about 600 calories, you're going to have a bigger fatigue level because you're not going to be able to have cognitive performance, but fast button pushing reaction time, you know, in those thunderstorms and all that. So carbs rule for the most part when you're flying late night. So think about cargo or international situations, transcon protein rules. Protein takes longer to break down. It takes about four hours in the body to digest it. So your body's constantly revved up with lots of energy. So that fights fatigue and then fat content. I don't ever really talk about fat content except for what types of fat, because When's the last time you ever heard anyone say, oh my gosh, I'm not getting enough fat. So the breakdown of it though, is the scientific part of it is carbohydrates, about 45% of your diet, protein, about 25% of your diet, and then just fill fats in, in the other way. So, you know, that, that might ease some people's minds as far as like, oh, I don't know if I want to do carbs or not. Uh, you could still get 45% of your carbohydrates. If you just add a fruit and vegetable to every meal and every snack, you'll be golden by the end of the day. And then you also get your fiber content too. So. Yeah. And I keep it to 40, 30, 30 for mm -hmm. me personally, you know, I'm not yeah. pilot, I'm not out there mm -hmm. flying, but for me, that yeah. makes it fairly simple. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a perfect science and some days are going to be more someday, exactly. you know, some days are going to be off kilter, but for the most part, I, I work to factor that in. Yeah. So that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Yep. Um, so go ahead. 
Oh, the last thing I was going to say is, um, you know, don't overdo it with carbohydrates too. Cause you know, we're in the, we're recording this during the holiday season. So think about that. You're going to have the passengers that bring all the gifts and cookies and sweets. Carbs are my favorite friend for when you want to go to sleep, <laughs> they will induce sleep quicker than anything. So just, you know, be careful about that. If you are flying at night, um, in a passenger or, you know, someone brings you a sugary treat, use it as a bedtime snack. Once you get to the hotel so you can get to sleep, try not to take it while you're on the flight. Cause then you might have a little trouble paying attention. Okay. And then final question. Um, and again, we're going to have more shows. So if your question didn't get answered, definitely stick with us, but what are your thoughts overall on diets or quote unquote food regimens, such as keto, paleo, Atkins, carnivore, um, all of that. Mm -hmm. I, um, I mean, there are a lot of diets out there. The question that I always, um, ask back is, is it going to be sustainable? Um, I had someone on Tuesday that said that him and his wife had followed keto and lost like 30 pounds. But then as soon as they got off of it, they gained all their weight back. So you just have to decide, you know, what, what works for you in your lifestyle and your family in your career. Um, if it, if it's adaptable to you and it fits and you love it. Awesome. If it doesn't, then probably need to find another format. So for instance, if you are on paleo or weight watchers or whatever, um, how, how try on, you know, like what if your son or daughter is having a birthday party and you've got this amazing chocolate cake or whatever, and you can't have a piece of it because you're following this certain diet. That's where you think, is it worth the, the regimen that I'm following or is it worth the memory that I'm making? So that's kind of how I. I say every, you know, whatever works for you, if it, if it's good and easy and doesn't cause you stress, absolutely hundred percent. Okay. And, um, kind of in closing, so Jill and I are putting together some different things. If you go to aviationfitnesschallenge.com, that's where we're going to be sharing information with you, you know, get your name and information in there. We'll be sharing information with you about programs that we have coming challenges that we do, um, you know, different things. I mean, we've got a new year coming up, so I know we're talking about and putting together some fun things for you for that. So there's that for sure. There is an aviation summit that's coming up in February. So if you just go to summit.pilotwifepodcast.com, summit.pilotwifepodcast.com, put your information in there and we will keep you updated. It's a free summit. It's online. It's virtual. You don't have to leave your house but a lot of great speakers, a lot of great information on relationships, food and nutrition, uh, mental health. There's a lot of different things that are coming with that. So keep that in mind. We mentioned the Facebook group. Again, just type in aviation fitness. I think you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups slash aviation fitness, and it'll take you there. All of these links will be in the show notes for sure. Jill, how can they find out more about you? Oh, thank you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Jill Monji nutritionist. Instagram is pilot.nutritionist. And then my website is truecoursenutrition.com. And I will, again, that'll all be in the show notes. Cool. Jill, thanks so much for being here again. I look forward to many more shows with you. Uh, so much great information to share and, um, you know, really working together as an aviation community to keep us all healthy, keep us all happy, um, keep more people flying, traveling, doing all the great things and really living life functionally with longevity and good stuff. So any final thoughts that you have? 
Well, I have to end my story with, you know, when I started, I said that my husband reeled me in with the best e-ticket of my life. And thank you very much. I'm finally getting it. So on December 20th, he's officially retiring. Uh, His airline blessed him with the best ending schedule in Honolulu. (laughs) So I get to live the life and I get to go to Honolulu for a week to celebrate that last event. That is awesome. That is so cool. Hey, and just a quick note that I wanted to share since we're both on here, we Mm -hmm. talk a lot about community and, you know, we hear a lot about the anxiety and stress and loneliness of being a pilot wife, but it's really, this is a cool story. So Jill and I met through social media and through the Mm -hmm. pilot wife group, but we also ended up being connected through Kathy, a mutual friend, which is another story. But Jill and I have actually met in person because Mm -hmm. I got a wild hair, if you will. And back in May invited a whole group of pilot wives to fly to Phoenix and come stay at my house and hike and go out to dinner and do a lot of fun stuff. We had a sex in the city cosmopolitan (laughs) party. We did a lot of cool stuff. And I had only met one, I think I'd only met one, maybe two of these women before, but a bunch of them were bold and they came out and Jill was one of them stayed at my house. We walked, we, we cooked, we, drank we did all kinds of fun stuff and got to know each other and that really kind of spurred on this partnership of let's do some cool stuff together so that's an important part of knowing what the pilot wife community can provide for you yeah i know people say um you know 2020 when we think back a lot of people have bad memories about it but for me i think it's one of the best years of my life because i had to figure out i i need people that's how i live i gotta be surrounded by people so I started my own Facebook group here in Lake Norman. I found that there were 45 pilots wives living in my seven mile radius. In fact, one of my best friends, Jill C lives, or you can stand at my brother's dock and look at her house. And my brother actually watched her house being built. We share the same middle name. Our grandparents lived in the same city growing up. We're both Italian. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Like we were meant to be so that embrace the pandemic, embrace your community, like find, find your people. Find, I found my people and I'm not ever leaving them. Like that's me. I, I've never been lonely as a pilot wife. I have to say, because I created community way before even Facebook and the rest of that. So there are solutions out there. And interestingly, I'm interviewing Jill C. Oh. Next week. So that'll be fun. Oh. Who, by the way, just shared me, shared with me that she flew with Sully from, you know, the miracle on the Hudson, um, because I'm trying to get him and his wife on the show too. Like I'm, I'm working toward that. So if anybody hears this out there and you have a contact for them, Mm -hmm. A, I'm working on it. B, if you can help connect me, that would be awesome. So So some things to look forward to. Thank you so much. All right. So again, if we did not get to your topic on today's show, stay with us. Definitely go to aviationfitnesschallenge.com, summit.pilotwifepodcast.com get informed on what we're doing with those because there's going to be great information there and stay tuned because if you have any suggestions for a topic if you want to be interviewed on the show that's coming up next how to do that thanks for being here if you like what you're hearing on the show grab the pilot wife checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com and if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show go to ask dot pilotwifepodcast.com. 
Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.